0: So today at American Conversations, we have Sabrina Caserta, who was a young journalist. She's worked in New York. She's worked in D.C. Sabrina, tell us a little bit about your background before we get into the project you're doing now called Young Warriors.
1: Sure. Thanks for having me, Christine and Todd. I appreciate it. Um, So I was a journalism and political science undergrad major, uh, and then I went directly to Columbia Journalism School, where I was a Stabile Fellow. So I got my master's essentially in investigative reporting. Throughout this time, I was a freelance reporter for the New York Daily News, kind of covering just the news of the day, you know, shootings, carjackings, politics, the whole nine. Uh, I did have a little stint in D.C., as you alluded to, where I worked for Street Sense, which is a homeless run newspaper in the district. So I got Mm -hmm. to do some deep dive reporting there, which was really great. Um, Then I was an intern for CBS. I worked a little bit with 60 Minutes. And then after I graduated, I was a freelance reporter for the Associated Press, where I did similar reporting to what I did for the New York Daily News.
0: Great, and so um, you were living in Manhattan when uh, COVID happened.
1: So I'm actually born and raised in the Bronx. I have a slight accent that only comes out when I say things like Costco, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm a New York City native for sure. New York,
0: New York City girl. Okay, so um, then when COVID hit, how did that affect you?
1: Well, I'm living the- in
0: New York and working in New York. I should say because it's two separate.
1: Yeah. Two different things entirely. So I had actually, it's another long story. Um, I had actually left journalism for a myriad of reasons. And so um, by the time COVID hit, I was working for a law firm, the same law firm I'm at now. I run their investigatory department. It's a wonderful position. I kind of fell into, I got lucky. Um, And we had some real concerns because they shut down the city and they shut down the city hard and not just the city, the entire state, all of New York was concerned. Um, Mm -hmm. We were worried that we might lose our jobs you couldn't go anywhere and see anyone without a mask. Um, we didn't know what was going to happen. So it was, uh, it was very draconian, to say the least.
0: And so then you decided to move south. Where are you now?
1: Yes, I am in Woodstock, Georgia, land of the free.
0: Land of the free. So, so as a result of that, tell us about the new project you have to, that's focusing on people who are 40 and under in terms of political issues. Because I think it's very interesting.
1: Sure. So it's called Young Warrior Society. And when some people hear that, they think, oh, well, I'm not 13 or 14. I must not be a young warrior. Um, But what we found is a lot of people in my generation or the generation below me, so really millennials or Gen Z, et cetera, you know, people who are social media and digitally savvy. That's what this group is for. So we care about a ton of different issues, you know, human trafficking, election integrity, medical freedom, uh, immigration, you know, what's being taught in our schools, critical race theory, things of those natures. Um, So basically what we do is we leverage social media, podcasts, um, informative interviews, educational resources, and merchandise to get our message across. And really our mission statement is to educate and inspire young Americans to be equipped to fight against all forms of tyranny.
0: So what do you, among your generation um, is, I mean, it is draconian, the things that are going on right now. It is uh, tyrannical uh, because you're basically being told, you know, you, you, you can't do what you want with your body uh, for medical reasons or medical research. Um, but do, what do you find among your generation in terms of being disillusioned by what's going on or how it affects them?
1: I mean, I think a lot of people at this point, you know, went from two weeks to slow the spread into we're entering year two or three. I mean, um, so yeah, there's definitely a lot of people who are disillusioned. I think the biggest barrier that I've actually found, and maybe it's my own biases because I have such a background in reporting, is I try to ask people where they get their information from because I think that's the biggest mm-hmm. problem with the youth is what are you watching and what are you consuming right. because that is coloring how you're seeing these issues. Um, and that ranges from immigration to medical freedom to the vaccine mandates, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I think that's the biggest obstacle that we're facing. Personally, my dream for young warriors, once we're up and running, because we were just found in October of 2021. So we are fetal. We're baby. We're a baby. Yeah. Right. Um, I'd love to have a conference on dishonesty in the media. to info, I think that's ground zero. If I come to you and I start talking to you about immigration or the shot, or CRT, it's all the foundation is where you're getting your information, which is the media. So we need to establish that before we go at people with all of these other things, so.
2: Sabrina, I have a question. I, I worked on Buckhead for 12 years, I guess, in the financial district a couple decades ago. And a big issue then was people moving down from New York and, and I ended up working on Wall Street in New York, but a lot of people like yourself moved down and then colored the state. Do you, to the same old policies. Do you see that happening, or are people more woken up now? No,
1: uh, it's. I think it's it's half and half. Some of what you're saying, uh-huh. it's, when people hear from New York. You know, I still have my plates, so I put on like yeah. a nice "Don't tread on me" sticker and all those things. Yeah. Me, so I came down here with good politics. I swear, I'm not one of those sure. um, people. It's no mis- It's. I mean, you can see it in the numbers. People are flying out of New York, and not just New mm-hmm. York, the Northeast, because that whole block is extremely tyrannical. I mean, look at what Mm -hmm. Bowser just did in DC. You can't even leave your house without your what does that remind us of? But anyway, um, people are flying to states like Florida and Georgia. I personally think that it's gotten so bad that if you're, you're upping and leaving and selling your house and leaving it all behind, you're hopefully bringing good politics to wherever you're Mm -hmm. going. But that remains to be seen. I think we're going to see a lot of it in this next, this next election, 2022. We'll see what happens. Good point. What did
0: you find when you, when you polled among your younger generation where they get their news?
1: Honestly, the majority mm-hmm. get it from social media. Mm-hmm. Their Twitter mm-hmm. feeds and their Instagram feeds. And something that I've seen that's rising is TikTok. So people are following influencers mm-hmm. more than they are journalists. They want it. They want opinions. I think uh, you know that also kind of plays into the whole thing that in schools now we're being taught what to think and not how to think. So people want to be told what to say on these issues, and I hear them parroting things from social media very often. Um, so with that being said, yeah. there's it, whether they're following more right wing influencers or left wing influencers varies on the person and their politics, but that's where the youth is consuming their media. Are they making it?
2: I'm sorry, I was going to say that's why the Joe Rogan thing was so big because a lot of people yeah. follow him. So that was a huge hit against the cabal. Yeah, I for think sure. for sure.
0: Are you are you seeing in that younger generation that they're actually listening to to somebody because of their politics, or is it because that they want to learn more? What do you mean? Well, if 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 I if I'm going to go to an quote unquote an influencer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I, I want to go to somebody who's, who's substantive. I, I don't really care whether they're left or right. I want to know if they if they add to the conversation to get to the truth. But, you know, I'm a, a wee bit older. So it, but at the same time, do you find with the younger generation that they go to the political person who they assume agrees with them to figure out what they know? Yeah. So it's a valid. Is it more of a validation?
1: Yeah. Living in our own echo chambers. As it gets more polarized, so, you know, the politics do. And, and that just trickle down, trickle down polarization. Same thing.
0: So how do, how do we break that? Because I agree with you that the media is broken and I've been in it for 40 years. So, I mean, at the same time, how do we how do we get people to listen to people of substance as opposed to just because of who they are perceived to be supporting?
1: I think we need to meet people where they're at. If we're talking about the youth, I mean, there's so many. Remember, they're being hit by so many different angles. So it's the school. So we have academia. We also have Hollywood. We have social media. And then we just have the peer pressure. And that's only the few things I can think of off off the top of my head. There's way more going on there. So I think first and foremost, you need to meet the youth where they're at, which is on these platforms. And then you have to make the content palatable and digestible. If you're just going to hit them with a whole bunch of facts and stats and this, it's going to go like that. But I think that we start honestly by even having people on, for instance, like if I lean a little bit more right, I have someone on my Instagram that I'm interviewing or talking to a little bit more left. Mm-hmm. We have to come back to center because there, there is there is still a center. I know it's been hit and depleted, but it still exists. And I think we, we start there.
0: Where do you what do you find um, in, in terms of people's concerns? Has it grown with your generation of people concerned about the lockdowns, the mandated masks, the broken promises, moving the goalposts just a little bit more in terms of this COVID era?
1: You know, it's it's really hard to say. I have you know, I come from a liberal state, and I have some friends who literally, when this started, thought that they that healthy young individuals in their twenties that thought that they would die if they got COVID. When I tell you that some people are living in that kind of real fear, it's that real for them, that they actually genuinely believe that. Um, Then you have other people who are, you know, just down the spectrum more lax. I have not seen the response amongst the youth that I would have wanted to. Instead, what I keep seeing is, well, I'll just wear this mask because I'm supposed to. It's what I'm being- I'm a
2: rule follower. Yeah. I'm
1: being respectful. You know, they've done a very mm-hmm. good job with that, with the respect thing that it makes you mm-hmm. so you're being disrespectful if you're not compliant.
2: Right. They don't you want know, to be called a racist.
1: <laughs> right. Well, I call it, so this is my own little coined phrase. People make fun of me for mm-hmm. it, but I, I talk an analogy. I call it the Little Mermaid effect. Nobody mm-hmm. stole your voice. You gave it away. Mm-hmm. And you traded mm-hmm. it in for a pair of legs that you can blend in with the rest of the humans, but you don't have your speech anymore you've surrendered yeah. to blend in. For me personally, the cost of admission is just too high of a price to pay, but not mm-hmm. everybody feels that way.
0: Is it because they're afraid of not being of, the, of being socially canceled?
1: Cancel culture, the wool culture, yeah, it's a very big thing. Who wants to be a racist? Who wants to be called a racist? Nobody, you know? And they, the, what the media or the, the radical left has done a very good job of is branding certain ideas as racist. So if you believe this, that makes you this. So even though I'd argue some people feel a certain way, they would never say it. They don't want to be a monster.
0: So does your generation realize that pre Oprah Winfrey when Phil Donahue was you know and this may be too too old for your generation, but Phil Donahue had a daytime show that had very high ratings okay everybody in America knew Phil Donahue and, and Walter Cronkite. Oh, Phil awesome. Donahue used to do vaccine safety panels all the time wow. okay and Mike Wallace at 60 minutes years ago this is before you you were working for 60 minutes wow. actually did you know w- w- some vaccine injuries. Katie Couric, who started off at ABC News with me uh, when she was at the Today Show, she did back safety, too. So I'm sitting back as somebody who has, you know, worked in the industry for a long period of time. And I see people that are on, you know, the, I've worked for four networks here in the States, but I see people sitting in those anchor chairs that know better. All right. Uh, and their archives know better. And the people who cut their pieces know better. The editors and they run their libraries, they know better. Um but does your generation know that we have had conversations, or is it just if you have a conversation, you're stupid?
1: Uh, yeah, well, that's exactly it. People are afraid to even ask questions because that's—I mean—the whole narrative has been don't question the science, which to me is 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 startling because science historically withholds the the you know the the whatever of questioning the you know. Gravity, you can't you can't argue gravity because it's science. Mm-hmm. So why is it that now we can't question the science?
0: Well, we should have been questioning the early treatments that were being used with the ventilators when we had such, such a high proportion of people dying on the ventilators, and not instead of giving them blood centers because this is a disease that, that causes blood clots. Um, so I mean, we're not
2: supposed to question. What, what about all? What about all the athletes dropping dead every day? Do they see that?
1: They do. Or do they? They do. The people, okay. in my, again, the people that I'm dealing with, you know, are pretty much in, in my group. I'm dealing more so with mm-hmm. people who are aligned with that. People are definitely seeing that, even though the media is mm-hmm. kind of doing their best to brush a right. lot under the, under the rug. But the problem is, like I said, people don't want to question because they don't want to be perceived as I'm anti science exactly. or I'm anti-this.
0: So it's the perception of delusion is actually what's going on here. So now, now let's go back to where you went to school, which is Columbia University, not exactly the far, far right university um, in New York State. So your colleagues, your classmates that you went to school with, where are they? Are they are they following into the woke reporting?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. You know, it's funny. I didn't, I didn't want to go to Columbia. I had my eyes set on Berkeley and I got into CUNY J school and I really want to go to CUNY J. Everyone at the daily news, uh, they're not fond of the Columbia students because there's apparently a air to them. There's a little bit of an arrogance. Um, but my parents were like, Columbia, it's like the the Willy Wonka's golden ticket. You have to go to Columbia. You know, I'm a girl from the Bronx. I'm born and raised working class family to get into Columbia was a huge feat for Mm -hmm. my, my parents. Um, So most of my colleagues are working for the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, you know, Forbes. Yeah, they fell right into it. I mean, it's funny. I went to Columbia in 2016. I started August of 2016. This was obviously right before the election. And I was one of the youngest students in the program. I was 21 at the time, right out of college. I'd say the average student age was 28 to 32. Right after the election, um, they canceled classes, they put a microphone on stage, and they allowed the students who would be cub reporters graduating, who would eventually cover this administration to come up and lament about the election of Donald Trump. And even then in the state I was in, I knew something wasn't right there.
0: So they, so they basically said they got into the touchy feeling instead of grow up, just, you know, cover the facts.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, I had professors literally sit us down and say, we will take our country back by any means necessary. And at that point, I just This know is a
0: Columbia point. University journalism professor.
2: Yes. Yes.
0: yes. You wanna say his name? And they did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so this so this was a this was a, a Columbia professor that that wanted to turn journalism into activism.
1: At that and point every too. the thing is though, that was the theme of the school. And that's what they were teaching us to be reporters for, that we were more activists than we were reporters. I mean, like I said, I got into news because I thought it was an act of public service, you know, but that's not what it is anymore. And I don't want to say that sweepingly because there's a lot of reporters, you guys included, that are doing the good work. And I want to honor and acknowledge that. But the majority is not. And I think that's clear.
0: Mm hmm. Well, to be a really good journalist, you have to be willing to challenge any establishment, no matter what political party, no matter what country, because corruption goes across the wave and nobody should think that medical corruption doesn't have a history, especially in this country, because it certainly does. So, Sabrina, tell us tell us about your Warriors project. Okay, where where do people where can people find it? What are you what what is your focus now? Are are you going to take a look at the 2022 campaign?
1: We are. We have a lot of projects slated. We are still a small group. One project that we're working on that's very near and dear to us right now is called The Stories of Us Georgia. Uh, We just call it The Stories of Us for short. You can find it on our Instagram, Young Warrior Society. You also can find us at youngwarriorsociety.com. Uh, But The Stories of Us is supporting a few medical freedom bills, just to name a couple, HB 413, HB 869. These are medical freedom bills that are being introduced to Georgia um, legislators right now. Uh, Mm -hmm. We're hoping one of them passes. But basically, we're highlighting stories of Georgia natives, Georgia residents, who have been affected by the lack of medical freedom. I'll give you just a couple of brief examples. One woman, Lisa, um, her brother was in prison. And he was forced to get the shot and he died three days later. A seemingly Mm -hmm. healthy man. Another woman, Jackie, she unfortunately had a Widowmaker's um, heart attack when she gave birth to her son at 35. She lost almost 50% of her heart capacity, but she's ineligible for a heart transplant because she cannot get the shot. Um, Basically her doctors told her you need to get the vaccine or you will not get a heart transplant. And she may very well die from the shot before she can get the heart transplant. So yeah, the, there are a number
0: there are number of stories that are popping up like that. Whether it's a kidney transplant or a heart transplant, that's correct.
1: Yeah. yeah, so we are we are following those stories. I mean, we have some people that just decide to get the vaccine, but they're for medical freedom. I mean, we have the whole gamut. We respect people's freedom of choice fundamentally. We are patriots. <laughs> we're you know we we're for liberty and freedom of choice. Um, so we're working on that project. We're streaming it on Instagram. We're doing a few videos a week. So feel free to check it out uh beyond that we're just gonna we're gonna keep going keep
2: going until we get there sabrina if you want to put uh, you know we're always looking for content we opened the georgia record or georgiarecord.com last summer if you ever want to get those stories to a bigger audience just contact me that'd be
0: wonderful so, thank
2: yeah, you
1: that'd
0: sure. be wonderful. yeah and, and for people people of your generation you know who are trying to find their way uh, through this morass. I mean, if they're willing to be interviewed about, you know, their journey on this, you know, we're we're willing to talk to everybody and give them a space and give them a voice because I am and Todd, Todd is too, we're against the censorship. Okay. I I, I, I I'm horrified. That people go along with this. I'm not a social media person at all because I've been going after Zuckerberg and social media people for their contribution to the increase of human trafficking for the last 22 years. But at the same time, you know, I understand that your generation, you grew up with it. Um, th- this is part of your DNA. So, you know, if, if we have to, I, I, we want to hear more from them. OK, if you find people that want to be interviewed, to, to, because I think I think part of the problem here is we have one generation is one way. One generation is a little bit longer and we can't and coming together is very important for people to understand where they're coming from. How about history? Are you guys is your generation reading books?
1: Not overwhelmingly, mm-hmm. not overwhelmingly, probably not the way your generation read books, where mm-hmm. where again, it's short attention spans. TikTok videos are mm-hmm. 45 seconds while they're on four other apps or or on the computer as well. I mean, the way we digest information is not, it's not the same way it once was. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah,
1: But yeah. I, there's a lot of hope out there. Listen, I was a far, I was a Bernie Sanders supporter in 2015 mm-hmm. and I couldn't be further from that now. So people do have their own way of, of waking up to what's going on. And I, I mean, I think that that's also showing in the president's approval ratings that seven in 10 sure. people, happy with his performance and that's on both sides of the aisle so people are seeing what's going on i mean
2: we just we just have to translate that feeling of uncomfortableness to actual beliefs in policy that work somehow
0: <laughs> great well it's you know it it, it always proves to about the peter principle which was a big bestseller book that was years and years ago about people climbing the ladder being in, and basically based on their own incompetence And I think that what we're seeing now in the presidential polls, it doesn't matter whether you're independent, doesn't matter whether you're Republican or Democrat, doesn't matter if you're not even registered to vote or if you even voted. This is such a storm from every different angle. People are wondering, you know, it's not just who's running the country. Why is the country being run the way it's being run? Because none of it makes any sense. And people aren't happy about it. They're not happy about it.
1: Well, and one, one other quick note, you know, I just read actually this morning that college admission rates are down significantly, 4% for community colleges, I think 7% for liberal arts universities. And I think that that's also going to translate into a little bit of a change yeah. amongst the youth because make, you know, make no mistake, these liberal arts colleges and, and academia in general is a breeding ground for some of the ideologies yeah. that we're trying to fight against. So I think just that deferment will, will yeah. translate into a change.
0: Good point. What about what about the kids of your generation that are mired in uh, college debt and now that they can't they can't uh, find jobs?
1: Well, no, at least I'm working, but Columbia costed a pretty penny, I'll tell you that much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's extremely disheartening. We have all of these things. Adults are like, why don't you own a house? Why don't you own a car? Why don't you this? But it's It's very difficult. For our generation, I think that's why we're seeing such high suicide rates, such high anxiety rates, uh, such high opioid addictions and, and medications. Um, we've been sold the idea of the American dream. If you work hard, you know, you do well, you'll you'll be OK. And quite frankly, I think because of policies that has been stolen from yeah. my generation, written large, it's and true. people realize that, but they're still grinding because what else are they going to do?
0: they realize that they have alternatives and choices in life
1: some do i'm sure Mm -hmm. some do i'm sure Mm -hmm. But that involves a certain level of critical thinking which you know like doing your taxes or writing a letter is just not taught in school anymore
0: wow well sabrina thank you so much for joining us and we and we want you to come back again and again and again and tell us you know what's going on and and also you know contribute to the conversation uh, as we move along into the 2020 campaigns.
1: Yeah, it's my pleasure and honor to represent. Thanks for having me, really. Both of you. Thank
0: you. And once again, tell it's the good. audience how they, get, how they can find you.
1: Yes, youngwarriorsociety.com or on Instagram, which just seems to be the platform most people use, Young Warrior Society. Very easy to find us. So yeah, follow, like, subscribe.